Would you turn this evening to 2 Corinthians, the fourth chapter, and Hebrews chapter 10. 2 Corinthians 4 and Hebrews chapter 10. We began, what about three sessions or so ago, talking about the spirit of faith and just the whole subject of faith. We've had people say, well, y'all are some of those faith people. <laughs> and say it like it was a dirty word. Well, we just say, thank you. Thank you very much. You just got through saying you're one of those people that please God. You're one of those people that receive from God. You're one of those people that overcome the whole world. Amen. That's what you just got through saying. We, we make no apologies for talking about faith a lot. And it just uh, works out that right now we are teaching a series on faith. And we are getting into the 11th chapter of Hebrews, that great hero hall of fame of faith. Amen. And seeing how important it is and the many splendid, wonderful thing that is called faith. So let's look in 2 Corinthians 4 and read our texts again. 2 Corinthians 4, then going right over to Hebrews 10. And I tell you what, let's pray a quick prayer before we read and uh, just believe the Lord. Do you know you can get healed sitting in your chair right there? Do you know that the Lord can work things out for you financially while you're at church? Did you know he can give you an answer that was not even verbalized, something that wasn't even said, but you can just have something come up in your spirit and answer to something you've been wondering about for years, because the Holy Spirit is our teacher, if we are looking to Him tonight. So let's do that. Let's come together in faith about that. Father God, we acknowledge that You are our teacher. Thank You for the great, mighty Holy Spirit, whom You've sent to indwell us and to be our guide and to be our helper and our teacher. And we look to you, we look to him, and we say, give us utterance, precise and exact. Give everybody ears to hear and eyes that see and a heart to receive. Let there come answers to questions, solutions and directions. And we'll give you all the praise and glory. And we'll not be hearers only, but we'll be doers, doers of the word. And we know as we do, we will be blessed in Jesus' holy name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Well, just believe to get some good things tonight. Amen. Not just looking at me, but looking to the one who's inside you. In 2 Corinthians 4, he describes the spirit of faith. Uh, let's begin at verse 7. 2 Corinthians 4, 7 says, We have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. What's in us is beyond us. The one who's in us and the power that's in us is way beyond our abilities. Glory to God. We're troubled on every side, yet not distressed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. One translation says knocked down, but not knocked out. 
You hear in this passage a description of the spirit of faith. Reminds me of those, I don't know what you call them, but those uh, inflatable punching figures that the kids used to have. You know, it had a big round bottom and they'd blow them up and the kid would punch them and they'd go back, but then they'd bounce right back up. You remember that? And the harder you hit them, the faster they'd bounce back up. And no matter how many times you hit them and no matter how hard you hit them, they just keep bouncing right back up. That's the way faith is. You can knock faith down, it'll get back up and say, I don't care, still happening. You can give faith five bad reports and it'll go, so? Don't change the Bible. Right? Faith can have feelings and emotions and see and hear things that completely contradict what it's believing. It'll just stand up and say, none of these things move me. It is written. We prayed. We said it in Jesus' name. It's happening. And it has to happen. Can you see that resiliency, that, that you know, never give up, never quit? That's the way faith is. Faith is not for whiny babies. Faith is not for wimpy people. The real gospel is the strong man's, strong woman's gospel. Jesus was not weak. Was he? Nothing weak about him. I mean, uh, all the sin of the world couldn't hold him down. Death itself, the grave itself, the devil and all his cohorts, hell itself couldn't keep him down. Is that right? When you say, I'm a Christian, Christian, one like him, huh? You're saying, I'm like him. (laughs) Couldn't keep him down, can't keep me down. He wouldn't quit, I won't quit. He's a believer, I'm a believer. Amen? I'm in him, he's in me. He's training me and teaching me to be like him every way. He goes on to say, verse 13, Verse 13, we having the same spirit of faith. Same spirit of faith that uh, Abraham had. Same spirit of faith that King David had as a boy, David, when he faced Goliath. What was in him that caused him to do that? That's in you. That spirit's in you. Same spirit that was on Elijah when he faced off the, what was it? 450 prophets of Baal or whatever it was. Same spirit of faith. Amen. That was in uh, Peter when he preached on the day of Pentecost. Same spirit of faith. That caused Paul to go around the known world and preach and see miracles and start churches. Same spirit of faith that was in and on Jesus. When he walked on the water. Spoke to the winds and waves. Cast out devils and healed people. Same spirit of faith. That he went to the cross with. Laid his life down. But believing he would rise again. Amen. That spirit of faith. Same. Everybody say same spirit. same spirit. Same spirit of faith is in me. Is in you. Amen. Man we ought to be more than conquerors. Amen. We ought to be overcomers. Amen. Amen. Winners. Hallelujah. Winners. Everybody say we're winners. we're winners. The devil's a loser you know. We're winners. 
The same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. Go with me to Hebrews now, please, the 10th chapter. You know, this wasn't written originally in chapter and verse. It was written as letters. You don't write your letters in chapter and verse, do you? Apostle Paul and these others didn't either. But it's been uh, segmented and divided into chapters and verse for reference sake. But don't presume that you're talking about a different subject from chapter to chapter. And even sometimes I wonder about where they divided things. You understand chapters and verse are men's work. But anyway, let's read this in uh, Hebrews 10, 35. 1035 Hebrews says, Cast not away, therefore, your confidence. Did you know confidence is a faith word? When you have faith, you have confidence about something. If you're in faith about your healing, would you have some confidence about something regarding your healing? Hmm? If you're in faith, then no matter what kind of bad reports you may have received, if you're in faith, you're confident that you are going to live and not die prematurely with this thing. Yes. Amen. Amen. You're confident that with long life the Lord's going to satisfy you. Like the scripture said, you're confident that no matter what the test may say, your body has to change. Right. This has to change. You're confident you are improving. Amen. 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 No matter if the last three reports said, no, it's worse, it's worse, it's worse. You, you thank the doctors and the for people for their test, and then you go out and get in your car and say, I don't care. Amen. That does not move me. I'm getting better. Amen. No, they said you're not. I don't, hush. I don't want to hear it. Don't, I heard them what they said the first time. And, and, and I mean forbid everybody in your house to say anything like that. Amen. I'm serious about this. Now, you, th- this is the difference between living and dying. And I'm not just, you know, talking here. I saw this close hand for for almost 20 years. Had the privilege of working in a healing school where that's all we did, day and night, every day. Monday through Friday, two or three sessions a day, for year after year after year, people with terminal diseases and problems. You cannot talk the problem and stay in faith. I said you cannot talk the problem. And stay in faith. Amen. It's all right to go to the doctor. It's all right to have tests run. It's all right to you know let them tell you what they saw and what they found. But you can't go talk that the rest of the day and night. Right. Hmm? You can't talk the, the bad report. You got to talk living and not dying. Yes. Talk healing and not sickness. Amen. Amen. You can't talk about the bills all the time. You can't talk about how much money you got to have. Amen. Talk about what you got coming in. Amen. Amen. Anybody got any money coming in? Yeah. Boy, I do. Whoo, big money. Somebody say, how you know? I prayed about it. I sowed my seed. Yeah. Amen. You get to shouting about that, thinking about that, you'll be in faith. One way you can tell you're in faith, you have joy. No such thing as being depressed over something and being in faith about it. I want to say that again real slow. No such thing. As being depressed about something, and you are in faith about that thing. If you're depressed about it, you're down about it, you are not in faith. 
about it. If I believe the money's coming in, I'm going to have plenty of money to pay all my bills. I'm going to be okay. How would that make me sad? Huh? How, why would that make me depressed? Even if I'm hurting, even if I've got problems in my body, if I believe that healing is at work in me and it's changing, I'm going to be all right. I'm going to live. How does that depress me? No, why would people be depressed? Because they believe it's not going to be okay. Right? That's what they believe. So no, no such thing as being depressed about something and being in faith about it. Now we're going we're going to talk about uh, faith, the the practicality of it, how how to live by faith. We're going to talk about the nuts and bolts of it, where the rubber hits the road, and not everything will make you shout necessarily when you first hear it. A lot of people are calling things faith, and it's not. And you need to know if it's not faith. You don't just need to bump along calling something faith and not get results, and just go down the tubes in ignorance. Here's another way you know you're in faith. It works. (laughs) You get results. Do you understand that? Somebody says, I know somebody. They trusted God. They were in faith. And they believed God. And it didn't work. No, you don't know anybody like that. You never met anybody like that. Oh, yeah, I didn't. No, you didn't. Ah. You never met anybody that stood on the Word of God and trusted Him and expected and wouldn't quit and it didn't work. It has never happened and it never will. Never. Now you'll meet a lot of people that's confused about a lot of things and are calling things faith. It's not faith. And that's one reason we're getting into this. And I am not pretending to tell you that I know all there is to know about faith. Dear me, no. But what little I have learned has helped me immeasurably. Amen. Amen. And I'm excited to want to know more. Do you, how many would say your faith has changed your life? Huh? Would you say that your life is different? So many good things have happened for you since you learned a little bit about how to believe God. What if you learned a whole lot more about, wonder what, what would happen in your life then? Whoo, glory. Well, we're believing that is what's happening. Hebrews 10, Hebrews 10, verse 35, cast not away, therefore, your confidence, which has great recompense of reward, for you have need of patience, that after you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise. For yet a little while, and he that shall come will come, and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith, but if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. But we are not of them who draw back unto perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. Let me keep reading. Now faith is the substance. Do you understand? He hasn't changed subjects here, has he? He was talking about faith earlier from where we started reading in verse 35, confidence. He's talking about faith. And just shall live by faith. All this flows together. Now faith is the substance of Other translations say the ground, the confidence, the foundation of things hoped for. The word for Bible hope means expectation. Faith is the foundation for what you expect. Uh There's another way of saying that. 
Another way of saying faith is assurance and persuasion. If you're in faith about something, you are persuaded of something. Remember, Abraham was fully persuaded that what God had said to him, he was able also to perform. If you're not persuaded, whether it's God's will to heal you or not, you can't be in faith for your healing. If you're not persuaded that God wants you blessed financially, you can't be in faith for your needs to be met financially. As, as long as you're questioning the will of God, well, I don't know. You know, maybe you just never know. As long as, you, as long as you're in that place, you cannot have faith. Impossible. Like one individual said, faith begins where the will of God is known. Well, that's another way, a variation of saying what the scripture said about how faith comes. How does faith come? So then faith comes by hearing. Hearing by the word of God. Don't rush past that. Now, if you're still asking questions about whether it's God's will for you to have it or not, you cannot be in faith about it. Are you clear on that? In order to have faith for healing, you have to be persuaded it is God's will to heal me. Till you're persuaded of that, there's no need coming in the prayer lines. No need getting people to lay hands on you. Did you hear me? Until you're persuaded that the Lord wants to meet your needs and bless you financially. You, you can pray, you can beg, you can fast, but there's no faith there. Until you become persuaded of his will from his word. You're not going to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Speak in other tongues and, and step into the gifts of the Spirit. Manifestations of the Spirit. If you're not persuaded that that's for today. If you're not persuaded it's for everybody. If you're saying, well, I just don't know that I believe that's for everybody. Well, you can't have faith to receive it. Amen. Did you hear me? Any area that you want to discuss. People say, well, I just, don't, I just don't believe in it. Well, the scripture said these signs will follow them that believe. Amen. Had a fellow actually accost me one time after the service and he said, y'all just talk about healing and healing all the time. And God will heal you and God will heal you. You know, we don't, uh, I've never seen that in my church. <laughs> I said, well, do your preachers preach it? He said, no, we don't believe it. I said, no, ain't that interesting? Y'all don't preach it, you don't believe it, and you don't have it. And I reached over and pulled a big notebook, thing was this big, full of testimonies, many of them are doctor's reports. I pulled it over and I said, uh, these are testimonies, unsolicited, of people that say they've been healed by the power of God that was in the healing school place. I said, isn't that interesting? We preach it, we believe it, and we have it. These signs follow who? People that question it and doubt it and want to fuss about it. And I've had people say, well, I, you know, they come up and just want to be combative about it. Argue. Well, I, I don't believe in that tongues business. Well, you won't be bothered by it. <laughs> just leave me alone. I believe in it and I do it. Well, I don't believe it's for everybody. Well, go and do without. But don't fuss with us. We're happy. We'll love you. Love us. Amen. I don't believe in that prosperity stuff. I don't think it's God's will for you to have a new car and all this stuff. Well, then you won't be bothered by it. Fred, don't, you know, but don't cuss me because I do. Amen. Huh? That's right. These signs follow who? Those that believe. 
believers are going to lay hands on the sick and see them recover. Believers are going to exercise authority over the devil. Believers are going to be protected. No deadly thing will hurt them. Believers are going to go preach the gospel and there's going to be signs following. Believers. Well, believers means people who are persuaded and people who are expecting. Did you get those two key words? A believer is someone who's persuaded of something. And then as a result of that persuasion, they are expecting something. Let me go over it again. Some so I, I heard it the first time. I'm not just talking to your head. I want it to get inside you, in your heart. When you're in faith, you are what? Persuaded of something. Amen? And because you're persuaded of something, it puts you in a state of expectation. Expecting something. We are persuaded. It's God's will for us to have this place and have it paid for. Amen. 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 And we've sown seed and we've claimed. And because we're persuaded of that, what are we doing? We're expecting. I mean, there just ain't no way. There ain't no devils big enough to stop this from happening. Ain't enough unbelievers could congregate outside. Ain't enough people could talk against us to stop it. Amen. Because ain't nobody bigger than God. He's the one who gave it to us, told us we could have it. We're persuaded of it. And so we're expecting. You just hide and watch. Hey, we're expecting. The money will come in. Amen. And some big chunks are coming. Chunks. Big chunks are coming. Everybody say, the chunks are coming. The chunks are coming. The chunks are coming. That's not just for us. That's for you personally. All of us. I mean, we, we've ever since we've been believing for this, persuaded of it and expecting it, we've had chunk testimonies. Chunk report. The chunk report. All right. Man, I got to get to my message tonight. I'm not, I'm not even to my notes yet. Here we go. Faith is the, what are y'all laughing about? Y'all laughing at me. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. For by it, by faith, the elders obtained a good report. How do you get God to talk good about you? Faith. Faith. Here we begin to see the Lord had this recorded for posterity. And throughout eternity, these individuals are going to be remembered. Not just that men thought highly of them. God, the Almighty, the Creator of heavens and earth, said He was pleased and even in some cases impressed with these individuals. Why? Because of their intelligence, their good looks, their hard work, their hard work, their extremely hard work. Huh? Their huge sacrifice. Their enormous sacrifice. Are they in here because of their enormous sacrifice? Not unless it was connected with their faith. Now you'll find hard work. But the only thing that makes the hard work acceptable is the faith. That it was done in. You'll find sacrifice. But the only thing that makes the sacrifice acceptable is if it was done in faith. Faith. Man, the more you look at the subject, the more vital and essential you see that it is. 
By faith, the elders obtained a good report. And that's how you and I are going to have a good report. That's the thing that determines you and I hearing when we stand before the judgment seat of Christ, when you and I hear, well done, good and faithful servant, will it be because we work so hard? Because we were better in some way or smarter or something. Nah, nah. It'll be because of faith. Faith. Now he goes on to say, through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. God operates by faith. And he took the vision and the faith that he had himself of this material universe and he put it into words and he released his faith through his words and it created things that you can see and feel out of things you could not see. The seen was created from the unseen. And you and I are taught to be imitators of God as dear children. We're to have the faith of God. And operate in the God kind of faith. That's what we're talking about on the broadcast, you know. Believing something in your heart and saying it with your mouth. There's creative power released in that. Amen. 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 We frame our worlds with our faith. And if you want your life changed, you need to get a hold of the steering wheel. Right? Get a hold of the bit. Get a hold of the rudder. That means get a hold of the tongue. It really is as simple as this. You can be going down the wrong way for the last 10 years, just getting in trouble all the time and just, you know, never having enough money, never getting along with people, problem after problem. And if you listen to yourself, you've been talking it. Well, I just don't know what's wrong, man. Seems like I take one step forward and I get knocked back too. And you're continually getting worse and worse into it. I don't know. I just seem like I'm cursed. I don't know what my deal is. I try, but it just doesn't work. And every, and you just keep going down and down. But listen, friend, how do you turn it around? Get a hold of the steering wheel. Get a hold of the rudder. Get a hold of the, even though you're going the wrong way, begin to say, I'm coming out of this. In Jesus' name, it's going to be better for me. I'm coming up. I'm going to pay off every. And even if it looks like you're still getting worse because you've created that momentum in your life for decades, begin to turn yourself around. I'm coming out of this. I don't care what I see. I'm coming out of this in Jesus' name. I'm coming out. I'm paying off this stuff. I'm paying all my bills. I'm coming out. of. You cannot talk that very long until it's going to stop your regression. And begin to turn you around. Now you may not just turn around all overnight. You've been talking doubt and unbelief. And poverty and lack and sickness. For 20 years, 30 years, 50 years. You've dug a hole. But you can get yourself out of it. I said you can get out of it. And begin to say. No, no, my body's getting better. I'm getting better. People say, well, how are you feeling today? I'm not talking about how I'm feeling today. I'm talking about what I believe. I'm getting better. My immune system is getting stronger. I call my blood clear. My liver's clearing up. My lungs are clearing up. My heart's getting stronger in Jesus' name. You cannot talk that and mean it and be persuaded of it night and day and nothing happen. It is a principle of God. It's the Word of God. It will happen. It'll change you if you'll do it and stay with it. You frame your world with your words, good or bad. Now let's keep on to the next verse here, which is my sermon for tonight. Are you ready? Oh, that was 
preliminary. Verse 4 says, By faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts. Do you know God testifies of gifts? God testifies, God, now we're not talking about Joe down in the corner, God testifies about offerings. Did you know that about him? A lot of people don't know about this. They just, you know, they get scared anytime you start talking about money. There are, there are a lot of people that just are scared. And some people have been burnt. And I know you got crooked preachers and you got folk around trying to prophesy money out of your pocket into theirs. I know that. But just like there's uh, crooked preachers, there's crooked laity. And there's crooked folk in every walk of life, in every office and service. You got good doctors and bad doctors. Right? Good lawyers and bad lawyers. Is that right? I mean, any area you want to talk about. You got people of honor and people that are not honorable. And you just need to find somebody you can believe in. Amen. Amen. And it's not good enough to say, well, you know, all these preachers are just out for your money. Just out for your money. And so I'm not going to give anything. That's just an excuse for you to be stingy and not support your God and your gospel. The gospel of the Lord. You don't ever have to give a penny here. But if you go and never give anything anywhere year after year, then God is not first in your life. That was pretty weak. People don't like talking about money. Because that, that gets down in your life. Right? People say, well, I just wish these preachers would shut up about money and just stick to the Bible. Have you read the Bible lately? It's full of talking about money. Why? Because wherever your treasure is, it's where your heart's going to be. You, you want to know what's priority to you? Get out your check stubs. I said, get out your check stubs. And you'll see what's priority to you. You may say, well, it's my family. Then it's not God. Well, I got to take care of my kids. My kids are first. Then God's not first. Well, my, my rent's first. My, my house is first. Then you're first. God's not. What is the major key to prosperity in God's kingdom? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Well, I ruffled some feathers just then. Let me see if I can smooth them down. It'll be okay. I'm not asking you for any money. We've already received the offering. I'm not asking you for a penny. Right? But I am telling you the truth. And I'm not telling you something I don't do. We give. Amen. We believe in it. We tithe. Every dollar that comes into this church. Every dollar that comes into the ministry. We take portion off the top. Before any bills are paid. Before anything happens. And we put it into our God account. That's his money. Amen. Amen. We put him first. Phyllis and I do that in our personal lives. We put him first. Everybody say put him first. 
Now you will see throughout this 11th chapter of Hebrews different areas of faith. Faith works the same. It's the same in essence. The faith that's in you is the same faith that's in God himself. Same faith that's in the Lord Jesus. Same faith that's in Moses and Abraham and and Jesus. Isn't that what the scripture said? The same spirit of faith. It's the same faith. But now it's in different degrees. You know, your faith is not to the level that God's is. He creates planets with His. You've never created a BB. But you could. I said you could. I'm convinced we, we don't know a fraction of what God has made us capable of. In him. I mean, Jesus turned and looked at his disciples and said, when he cursed that fig tree, and they said, look at there. You told that thing to dry up, and it dried up. And he looked at them and said, if you had faith and didn't doubt, you could not only do this. In other words, that I did. You could have done what I did. But you could also speak to that mountain over there, and it would obey you. Oh, my. Then you could command a tumor in your body to dry up. It'd have to obey. You could command money to come to you so you could pay your bills. And it'd have to come. So how would it come? You don't have to know that, honey. That's part of faith. Just just believe. Expect it. I don't know where it'd come from. God will come by it, honest. (laughs) He'll get it the right way. He knows how to get it to you. Now, you see... Faith to speak. Noah had faith to get ready and prepare. Abraham faith to step out and obey God. Sarah had faith to receive. And the list goes on and on. Different areas of faith. Faith is the same in essence, but it must be developed in each individual area. Just because you have faith for protection does not mean you have faith for prosperity. Just because you have faith for healing does not mean you have faith for prosperity or any other area. I mean, every area, you have to feed your faith in that area, become persuaded of God in that area, and then exercise your faith in that area. Now, all of us need to develop some faith for healing and for our needs to be met and for protection. There's some areas all of us need to be developing our faith in. But there are other areas where that's not your thing. And so you're not, your faith's not going to be developed as much in that area as somebody else is. Right? I mean, there are people that, uh, that work on aircraft. And, and good Christian guys. I mean, the guys down at the Copelands have worked on our aircraft. And they... Uh, you know, we had a little problem that we couldn't seem to trace on a new engine. And they stood out there and they prayed in tongues and they believed God to find what it was. For I took off in the air again. Amen. Well, they have faith for that. It'd take a lot more faith for me to believe I could find it. Because I'm not trained in that area and that's just not my area. But now I believe I can find a scripture to preach to you. Right? I believe the Lord will give me utterance to get it out and express it. Amen? 
I believe the money will come for us to do what we need to do. I mean, there are areas where my faith is stronger in, and and then there are areas where other people's faith is stronger. Different areas, different degrees of faith. And it's released differently. I mean, Samson, you know, he he, he had an anointing to fight. And he had faith in his ability to whoop people. If need be, scores and hundreds at a time. Right? Daniel, on the other hand, he had faith to pray and that God would do it. They threw Daniel in the lion's den. He didn't raise a hand. He just prayed and believed God. God sent an angel, shut those lions' mouths, and he made it through the night without a scratch. But now, if you'd have thrown Samson in there... The fur would have flew. <laughs> right? Now what if you'd have thrown Elijah in there? The fire would have flew. We'd have had burnt lines. French fried lines. <laughs> Do you see what I'm talking about? People have faith in different areas. Hmm? That's a, that's a whole, you know, study within itself. But you see that throughout this chapter. By faith, this one believed for this. Through faith, this one did this other thing in another area. Through faith, this one had, you know, was able to do this. Same spirit of faith, but developed in different areas. And we're all different. We got different calls and different graces and different anointings. And we ought not feel jealous of some, that somebody's faith is stronger in a specific area than ours, especially if it's a specialized thing. Realize, hey, that's their call. Amen. Amen. But we all have our areas where we're stronger and then maybe another area where we're not so strong in faith in. And it's not static. Your faith is fluctuating day to day according to if you're feeding it or not or if you're using it or not. It's either growing stronger or growing weaker. So here we see Abel had faith for what? Are you there? Somebody said, oh, he's getting back to the money. Now, I got back to the Bible here. Don't get them mixed up. Hebrews 11.4 By faith Abel did what? Offered. He gave an offering. He gave. Everybody say faith to give. This is what we're talking about here tonight now. Giving faith. And I'm going to jump ahead a little bit and just tell you that giving faith is inseparable from receiving faith. Your giving faith is tied to your receiving faith. Say it again. If you're not familiar with that concept, you might want to write it down or something. Your giving faith is tied to your receiving faith. Man, I see it so clearly. And if the Lord lets me, I've gotten some revelation the last few months about sticker shock. (laughs) In fact, that may be my title, sticker shock. Anybody know what sticker shock is? And I... uh, I have seen in my own life that as long as something looked big to me, I didn't operate in it. Did you hear me? 
the two are connected. As long as an amount for me to give looks big to me, then I don't see a flow of that size amount coming to me. Luke 6.38, anybody remember what that says? Give. How's it start out? I didn't write that now, right? Jesus said, give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give unto your bosom. That's not the end. For with the measure that you meet with all, it will be measured to you again. Now, years ago, Phyllis and I started out just as broke as you could be in the ministry. Just, I mean, the bottom and then got under the barrel. (laughs) Got behind. There were some times that we were not in good shape at all. And I got to the point where I, just in desperation, I cried out to the Lord in our bedroom. I remember distinctly, went in our little place and, and went in the bedroom, shut the door and fell across the bed and just cried to the Lord and said, Lord... I mean, we we were under so much pressure. We were so behind. We were in such bad shape. You ever want to do something that costs $10 and couldn't do it? Sit and want to give in the offering and just got nothing. And so far behind, just struggling to believe that you could ever catch up. And if you were just barely making it to start with, how do you catch up plus continue to make it? You know, the pressure can be terrible. And I fell across the bed and cried. And I said, Lord, have mercy on me. Now, I I know you're not doing this to me. I know enough from the word that this is not your will. And this is not your fault. Where am I missing it? What's wrong? What, What am I doing that I shouldn't be doing? What am I not doing that I should be doing? And I, in all earnestness, cried to the Lord. And the Bible said, when you reach out to him with your all your heart, he will hear you. He will respond. And he did. And like we've told you before, it seemed like for five years, every day, he was teaching me something about prosperity. And a lot of it I already knew, but I wasn't doing. It's not what you know. It's how it's what you live by, what you do as a way of life, day in, day out. And I tell you, I'm happy to say he has brought us up a long, long ways. Amen. And just keeps bringing us up. Keeps bringing us up. Keeps bringing us up. But... In that, I see that so much of prosperity from God to us is limited by our ability to see and think bigger and better. So many things I just wouldn't even consider. I just would never even look at because that's for somebody else. That's too much money. That's too high. That's too much. And so you never even think about you having one or doing one. Well, you're never going to believe for one and you never even look at it. Are you with me? And the Lord is working. If we'll follow him, he'll work in you to break the the smallness out of you. Amen. Amen. And enlarge your heart. And enlarge your vision. And enlarge your faith. So that what used to look just astronomical to you looks reachable. Amen. Amen. What used to look just totally out of your league and out of your reach looks Doable. Amen. Only then will you be in a situation of having faith for that. When people scoff and go, that's too much. They're just told you that's beyond my faith. 
That's what they just told you. That's too much money. It's too high. They just told you, I can't believe for that. That's out beyond me. It's not out beyond God. Has God ever got upset about how high something was? Huh? Did God ever fall off the throne about how expensive something? How much? You've got to be kidding. He makes planets. Trillions do not impress him. He makes planets. Now, by faith, Abel did what? He offered to God. He gave to God what? A more excellent sacrifice or offering. A more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, and God testified of his gifts, and still testifies of his gifts, by it he being dead, yet speaks, here we are, centuries and centuries and centuries later, tonight, 2003 in Branson, Missouri, talking about Abel's gift. His offering. Aren't we? Now that's something. Do you understand your faith in your life right now can carry past into future generations? Your faith connected with your giving, not just money, but in all things. Go back to Genesis 4, please. Genesis 4. Does it take faith to give? Yes, it does. Anybody ever given something that was big to them? Hmm? If you haven't, you ain't come too far. We have. There's been times we've given the very best we had. And the finest we had and the thing that was dearest to us. Now, you don't do that except by the direction of the Lord. But in doing it, you break out of things and into a higher level and a higher place. Abel gave his best. In Genesis 4 and verse 3. Genesis 4, 3. In the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering to the Lord. And Abel, he also brought of the firstlings of his flock and of the fat thereof. Now that word fat means the best. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering, but to Cain and to his offering he had not respect. Does the Lord care about offerings? Yes, he does. Cares a lot about them. In fact, Jesus is the expressed image of the Father. In looking at Jesus in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you are looking at the Father. Everything Jesus said and did expressed the Father's will and way. You remember one day Jesus just sat by the offering plate and watched what everybody put in. Hmm? I hadn't done that here at this church. But I'd be following a good example if I was led to. Huh? Now that's interesting, isn't it? Think about that now. We got the offering receptacles up here. 
And, and everybody gets up and comes down and brings and puts their offering in the plate. And I stand and, and look at the checks when you go by. Let me see that. Okay, let me see that. That's pretty good. That ain't very good. <laughs> Whew, that's good, man. Yeah, glory to God. You could do a lot better. Man, I, I can almost read the headlines if I did that. Ooh, boy, you talk about being talked about. Huh, can you imagine? Jesus did it. Jesus did it. And even preached about it afterwards. Didn't he? Didn't he? He, he stood and he watched what everybody put in. He, he watched the amount. Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. Right? And here we see that the Lord had respect to Abel's offering. Cain's offering he did not respect. The Lord does not receive all offerings. The Lord does not respect all offerings. We as ministers and as churches and ministries ought to be sensitive about what we receive and what we don't. There's been a number of offerings that we did not receive in our ministry and in this church. There's been more than one time we've sent offerings back to people. We said, why would you do such a thing? Because we sensed in our heart that it wasn't right. Sometimes people trying to buy something. I've had even before people that didn't know anything about the things of God, but they're sick and they're desperate. And I was in healing school and they want me to pray for them. But first they want to write me a check. Well, I, I said, no, you can't do that. Can't buy a healing. No. Uh, this is the wrong time. It's the wrong way. No, uh-uh. no, you need to forget about that. Amen. You remember Simon. Uh, when they see, seeing people filled with the Holy Ghost, he came and offered the apostles money. You remember that? Right. And boy, I mean, they spoke harsh to him. Right. They said, your money perish with you. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, they, woo, they, he, he had to repent quick and say, I'm sorry, forgive me, pray for me, that none of those things you said would come on me. But the Lord doesn't receive all offerings. We don't need to beg people to give. It's a privilege to give. Right. Amen. Amen. And, uh, you know, we, we want to see to it. We, we, one reason we're teaching these things, we want to see to it that our heart is right in our giving and that we do things willingly and gladly and we honor God. And here's the thing you need to understand now. You can't give in the most faith unless you give your best. Amen. Now, that's not just with money. That's with everything. And there's a number of reasons why. Romans 14.23, you don't have to turn there, but Romans 14.23 says, Whatsoever is not of faith is sin. One translation brings it out like this. Whatever is done without without an assurance or a confidence of its approval by God is sin. And then James 4.17 says, To him that knows to do good. And does it not, to him it is sin. See, we don't know your heart. We don't know if you're doing the best you can do. 
But God does. Doesn't he? And Jesus stood there and watched that offering plate. And this is not just about offerings now. This is about your whole life. And he knew that those rich people weren't doing their best. Doesn't mean you got to give everything you got every time. It just means that in your heart you do something that represents of your best. But this woman, she did the best she could. Didn't she? The widow woman. Man, she did the best anybody could do. Even though it was a very small amount. And Abel and Cain portray this so perfectly. Cain brought an offering. But his heart, in his heart, he wasn't believing he was doing the best. He just brought an offering. And the Lord did not respect it. Cain's heart wasn't right. You can see from the rest of what happened. He didn't just change in a moment and become a murderer. He already had this stuff in his heart. When he brought this offering, he wasn't right. Remember the the Lord Jesus said that. When you bring your offering and you know somebody's got something against you, leave it. Don't, Don't offer it yet. Leave it right there and go back and get right with those people. Right? Then come bring your gift. Why? Because the heart of the giver determines the acceptability of the gift as far as God's concerned. He doesn't care how big your check is. If your heart's not right with him, he doesn't want it. And we don't either. Did you hear me? Ain't about money. It'll come from somewhere else. Oh, but friend, Abel loved God with all his heart. All his mind, all his soul, all his strength. And it was offering time. And people were bringing offerings to Jehovah. And he said, oh, I got to get, I got to get the Lord something nice. I get, I got to get the Lord something good. So the best thing he had was his sheep. And he went out and looked over his sheep. He said, oh man, I got to get the Lord a good one. Got to get him a good one. And he saw Fluffy. Now, Fluffy was the prettiest thing. Fluffy was the fattest little butterball sheep. Not a blemish, not a spot, whitest wool, clearest eyes, best sheep he had. He said, Fluffy, you're it. And he liked Fluffy, but he liked God better than he liked Fluffy. And he gave Fluffy to God. And it was the best he had. And you and I are talking about it tonight, thousands of years later, because it impressed God. God said, Abel, you're giving me Fluffy. He said, yeah, Lord, receive Fluffy, please. It's the best I got, you know. And the Lord said, I'll receive Fluffy. And it ministered To the creator of the heavens and the earth. The one who made sheep. The one who made him and gave him his breath. Isn't it amazing that we can give back to the giver? And he'll receive it from our hand? God is a God of excellence. How many know he has given us his best? Jesus is the best he had. The blood, the life, the redemption, the salvation. How many understand when he sent us the Holy Ghost? That's the best heaven had to send us. 
Amen. This word that we have is the best word anybody could ever get. The healing is the best healing. The prosperity is the best. The protection, the angels are the best. He's given us the best. So the only one thing acceptable from us to him would be what? Our best. Our best. And sometimes I know it may seem to pale in what could be or what could be done. But if it's the best we've got, and if it's the best we know how to do where we are right now, then God sees it acceptable. And he receives it of our hand. Can you say amen? We're going to give God our best. Amen. We're going to give him our best prayer. Pray the best we know how. We're going to give him our best praise. Are you? If you don't, I'm going to tell you about it now. When we come in here, no just standing and mumbling and looking around and half-hearted. No, come on, come on. Lift up your hands. Lift up your voices. Sing with a glad heart. and Put some punch in it. Put some faith in it. Amen. When I preach, I'm not going to come drag around and go, well, I saw a little scripture y'all might like. We'll just kind of pass the time and hurry up and get out of here. We might as well not even come. Right? No, when the kids play, let them play, bless God. I mean, play. When you sing, sing. When you pray, pray. And when you give, give. I'm going to be leading you right there. Amen. When we reach out to people, we're going to reach out. We're not going to make apologies for it. We're going to preach it strong and preach it free. Amen. All of our outreaches and all of our ways. When we park cars, bless God, we're going to park cars. Amen. Excellently. You come out there and somebody's got a yardstick and tells you you need to move over an inch and a half. Don't fuss at them. Did you hear what I'm saying? Amen. Excellently. Everybody say excellence. Excellence is the best we know. Best we've got. Best we can do. Because anything less is just not enough. Can you say amen? Amen. Faith to give your best. Faith to do your best. That's the faith that pleases God. And you know what? You sow your best. What's going to be coming back to you now? His best in an increased way is going to be coming back to you. Stand up on your feet and let's lift our hands. And thank the Lord for his best. Oh, bless you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.